Hey, let's get into the Word of God, shall we? Uh, this year, God, if you remember, the, the word that the Lord gave me for this coming year was that he is perfecting his church. Last year, the word was, I am growing a church, meaning he wasn't necessarily talking about numerics, even though we, we have been added to numerically, uh, official membership-wise, we're right at 100, 100 folk now. Praise God for that. Uh, but, but what he was talking about was growing in him, maturing in him. And so many of us experienced such incredible spiritual growth last year. And I'm, I'm so thrilled with what the Holy Spirit has done in many of your lives. Uh, this year, he said, I am perfecting my church, meaning he's going to perfect us in our faith. And faith meaning that we trust him and his word above anything else beyond what we see, feel, hear, experience. We still stand and trust him with everything. That's, that's how we're to live. We're to live by faith. We're to walk by faith. We overcome the world by faith. And we're strong. When, the Bible says when you're strong in faith, you actually give glory to God. When you trust him beyond everything else, it gives glory to God. Amen. And, and we, see, we, we see the growth that we've had in faith by just the video that we watched. Praise God. I, I get so excited watching that all the time. Uh, just seeing what God has done through all of us. And, and, and the big impact that we've been able to have, not just in this community, but all around the world. That takes faith. That takes commitment. That takes trust in him. So uh, in our journey to perfection, say, well, I, how can we're human? How can we be perfect? But we serve a perfect God and we have a perfect Savior. And the more we die out to him and become alive in him, we walk in his perfection. Amen. Uh, we, we actually get to walk in what he says about us as opposed to what others have said about us. And so we're going to talk about one of the most direct routes to start growing in perfection today. And it deals with this. The series that we're going to talk about for the next few weeks is called Say What? I want you to look at your neighbor and say, say what? That's it. And what we're going to talk about today is the fact that words create words create. You want, you, want to, you want to perfect yourself in the Lord? You want to be perfect in life? Here's one of the quickest routes to doing it right here. James chapter three, verse two. Now be aware that um, most theologians believe that the author, James, was, was the actual uh, half brother of Jesus. He was a biological brother of Jesus because Mary and Joseph had kids after Jesus was born. And so most theologians believe that this was one of his brothers. Well, if, so this guy grew up with his older brother, Jesus. If anyone understood what Jesus was about, it would have been this. This is why James, the book of James is so powerful and, and so direct. You know, he understood it. He got it. You know, where a lot of the disciples took a few, few months to scratch their head and say, we don't understand what Jesus is talking about. Well, this guy was like, oh man, I grew up with him. I, I know where he's coming from. So look what he says here. James chapter three, verse two. Indeed, we all make mistakes. How many of you make mistakes? All right. Well, we all make mistakes. I'm guilty of it as well. For if we could control our tongues, we would be what? We'd be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. So if you are lacking self-control in some area of your life, if you need to learn to control your temper, your anger, uh, if you need to control your eating, if you need to control uh, drinking, if you need to control fear, if you need, what is it that you feel that you are out of control with in your life? 
time management, your emotions. It begins here with your tongue. He said, if I can control my tongue, man, I, I, would, I could be perfect and I could control anything else in my life. Why? Because words are powerful. What we say has far more weight than what we realize. Matter of fact, we're going to understand that, that the, the, most, the greatest impact on your life, even above what God says about you, is what you say about you. Say, well, wait a minute. I thought what God has to say about me is the most powerful. If that's what you want to say. But if you choose to say something constantly that's contrary to what God says about you, it's, that's going to have whatever you say about yourself and your world, because words create, is going to have the greatest impact in your life. So we got to be weary of and wary of what we say, right? We st- need to start reevaluating perhaps what we're saying about our situations in our life. Amen. Understand that God's most creative tool that he has, the most powerful tool he has in his arsenal is his word. And I talked about this some over the Christmas, uh, uh, even, even at the, the Christmas service, Christmas Eve service, uh, that God's most creative construct became flesh and it's his word. Why? Well, let's go straight to Hebrews chapter 11, starting with verse 1. We re, I, you hear me quote this quite a bit. Uh, this is coming from the Amplified Version. Now faith, the ability to trust God above anything else, right? Faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see. being the proof of the things we do not see and the conviction of the reality, which means faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So even though you don't feel it, you don't see it, you don't hear it, you don't smell it, you don't taste it, whatever those senses are, you can still have faith in what you can't see. Faith in the word of God. If God said it in his word, it's more solid than anything else you can experience, is what he's trying to say. Verse two, for by faith... That means faith, trust, and holy fervor born of faith. The men of old had divine testimony born to them and obtained a good report. So it was by faith that all the men of old that we see, Abraham, Moses, uh, uh, David, uh, some of these, uh, uh, Samuel, some of these incredible men and women of God obtained a good report because they trusted God above everything else. That's what it's saying. Now here's the crux right here. Verse three, by faith, we understand that the worlds during their successive ages were framed, fashioned, put in order and equipped for their intended purpose by the what? By the word of God. So that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. So everything you can see out here, ultimately, say, well, wait a minute, this building here is only about five years old. Well, the molecules and atoms that, this, that make up this building are much older than five years old. It's just that, you know, when Howard and Bob decided to get this building put together, 
They just grab those molecules and atoms like Lego and, you know, put this building together, right? In essence. In other words, everything we can see, every drop of blood in your body at some point was actually in ocean water at some point, right? So, so there's nothing new about your body, you know? Every, at, at some point, because atoms and molecules are constantly moving, at some point, you know, the same atoms that were in George Washington have passed through you. The same uh, uh, atoms that were in Houdini have passed through you. With us hanging out in this room long enough, all the atoms that are and molecules that are, that are swarming around in this area, we've all passed them on to each other at some point just within the short time that we've been in this room. So nothing is new. So everything that was created was created by God. More so... By the word of God. That's what the Bible says. John chapter 1 says it. That nothing was created without him. Without who? The word. The word of God. So God spoke and everything came into existence. Right? Now whether, we, whether you want to call it the big bang, whether you want to call it whatever. You know, we can argue the semantics and everything else. Ultimately, ultimately it's all theory anyway, Right? And really, uh, if you want to put the word theory in front of anything, it really just means you don't know. You're taking your best guess. <laughs> it may be a very educated guess. But ultimately, hey, I want to theorize this. Well, you're ultimately saying, I, I really don't know, but I'm guessing, <laughs> you know. So, Psalm 33, 6, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all their hosts by the breath of his mouth. Psalm 33, 9, for he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. So when God speaks, it creates things. There's something very productive about it. It goes forward. He sends his word and they're delivered from a pit, the Bible says. You can go on to Isaiah 55, 1. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. Now, this is God speaking. It shall not return to me void, which means without producing any effect, but it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So when God speaks, there's purpose in that word. There's production and creativity in that word. It's not an empty word. It's not void. It doesn't come back empty, but it actually produces what he intends for it to produce. Correct? Everyone still with me? All right. At least nod your head. If you can't say amen, say oh me or something, right? So if God is going to speak, it is for production. It is for moving the train forward, if you will. It's not useless. And it doesn't degradate, if that makes sense. Okay? So God speaks words of purpose and production. He doesn't speak useless words or non-productive words. Now, here's the, here's the fact. Whose image are you made in? We're taught that we are made in the image of God. God created us in his image. In his likeness. 
That's, that's why performance-based religion is not something God is really into very much. Uh, that's what got the whole ball rolling wrong in the Garden of Eden. You know, the, the, the serpent said, no, God doesn't want you to eat that fruit because if you do, then you're going to be like him. But just the chapter before, it already said that they were like him. And so the, to believe the lie that you have to do something to be like God, well, he's already created you like him. Now all you need is just to trust him, have faith in Christ, right? So here's the secret. Do what God does. You're a child of God. You're a chip off the old block. If he has created you in his image and his likeness, then be like him. If God speaks a word that is creative, if God speaks a word that has intention, and if God speaks a word that he knows is not going to come back useless or void, then we get to begin doing that. It's called perfecting our tongue. That's why James said it at the, at the beginning of the sermon. He said, man, if I could perfect my tongue, if I could get a hold of this thing. If you, if you read prior to that, he talks about a big giant boat that a small little rudder can steer an entire boat. All you have to do is put one little bit in a, in a horse's mouth or an ox's mouth, any type of big beast, and you can lead it anywhere you want. So the whole body, the whole ship is controlled by one little thing. And your life is controlled by one thing. Your mouth. What are we speaking over 2023? So, well, I got to fuss about 2022 for a while. You can't do anything about 2022. It's gone. It's in the past. Don't bring that luggage into this year. Say, well, 2023 is going to be better. Amen. I'll agree with you. Now, it doesn't mean you're not going to have challenges. It doesn't mean you're not going to have some, uh, some, some things to have faith for. But it, it's still a blessed year. So what does God do? Here we go. Isaiah 55.1. Therefore, be what? Imitators of God. Copy him and follow his example. As well-beloved children imitate their father. So just as a kid will imitate their dad. That's why, that's why I love watching Mark Sneed's kids online. They love wrestling. Why? Because Mark Sneed loves wrestling. <laughs> right? So, so to see some, of the, see some of these kids imitate their dad. I remember uh, uh, Sophia, my, my, my oldest daughter, would say, you know, people would sit there and, and just her, her sense of humor and her, she's quirky and nerdy and all this stuff into sci-fi and all that type of stuff. And people were like, oh man, you're just like your dad. Well, spiritually, that's how we're supposed to be. Just like our father. Well, what does our father do? He speaks and creates with his words. How many understand that words are actually uh, just containers? Right? So I don't know what words to create or I don't know what words to speak. Well, words, words are merely just containers, right? And, it, and you can put whatever spirit you want into that word, right? So take the word hello, right? I could say just, just saying the word hello doesn't conjure up much. But if I see someone, if I see Hal across the room, I hadn't seen him in a while, I go, hey, hello, what does that mean? 
It's a greeting. I'm happy to see him. It's a welcoming. I want to connect with him, right? If I'm talking to someone, if I'm trying to, if I'm trying to get something through to Michael and I just don't think he's, I'm, you know, why did you, Michael, you know, you knew I didn't want you to do that. Why are you doing it? Hello? Are you hearing me? Hello? Right? Well, that's a bit degrading, isn't it? Same word, two different feelings, right? Uh, yesterday, my wife had on a, a beautiful dress, right? And my thought, I was like, oh, hey, hello. <laughs> my wife looked beautiful yesterday. So, what's that? Oh, no, she looks beautiful today, too. She just, I'm just saying in her dress. She don't wear a dress every day. So Howard's trying to, trying to make sure I'm covered too. So, so he's covering all bases for me. So, so that, that just means, hey, I'm a tra- hey, this has caught my attention. You're looking good, you know? Same word, three different spirits and attitudes are placed in that word. So words themselves are merely containers, okay? So ultimately, it's, it's about your spirit and your mindset and your attitude and what you want to speak over things. Sometimes you have to speak about some negative things, but what is your attitude and spirit and mindset when you talk about them? Are you complaining about it? Are you actually addressing it? You know, Jesus didn't say to complain about the mountain. He said to speak to the mountain, right? We're, we're going we're gonna to talk about that in the coming weeks. Say, well, I don't even know what to talk or say, or, you know, hey, I try to speak some good things over my life and, and you know, I just don't see anything happening. We're going to talk about why that takes place in the coming weeks. But this is just to get our mindset right. How is it? Now, this is, this is, a, this is an interesting thing. This is the words of Jesus himself. I, I love how the Amplified puts this. It says, the good man from his inner good treasures flings forth, I love that, flings, flings forth good things. And the evil man out of his inner evil storehouse flings forth evil things. Now, how do we do that? We're either flinging goodness or flinging wrongness, right? How do we do that? Well, he continues on and he tells us exactly. He says, but I tell you on the day of judgment, when men will ha- have to give account for every idle word they speak. For by your words, get this, not by your actions, but by your words, you will be justified and acquitted. And by your words, you will be condemned and sentenced. Now, is he talking about the sweet by and by? and the cosmic white throne judgment and all these theological things that we can jump into, I, I think he's actually applying it to the right here and now, the nasty now and now, right? That by your words, you're either going to be blessed, you're going to be justified and acquitted. Well, who's the only one that justifies us? Christ, the blood of Christ. So that means I need to start speaking what Christ has to say about my life, what the word of God has to say about my life. Or by our own words, we're going to be condemned and sentenced, I have had to live out the sentence of my own words in my life. There are some things I've had to reap because of my mouth that I've been condemned and sentenced. <laughs> and it's not fun. And yet I've seen the Lord bless because I've chosen to speak what he would have me say. 
But I love what Jesus said. He said, he said, we're going to have to give account for what kind of word? Every what kind of word? Idle word. If your car is idling, what is it doing? It's not going anywhere. It's just sitting there, right? Motor's running. You're wasting gas. It's just idling. It's not moving the train forward one bit. How much of what we say over ourselves and over our life and over our situation is really useless words? Words that amount to nothing. Words that don't benefit. Man, I have spent hours fussing about things in my life. And all those hours are wasted. Bunch of idle words. Not anything, nothing productive, nothing. The Lord started convicting me of some of this stuff. In the middle of December, I started praying over this and praying over this word and, and thought, Lord, help me. And I've, I've tried to become much more intentional, much more aware of what I'm speaking. I've been praying the book, the book of James over myself. James said, be, be slow to speak, be quick to, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Growing up, I always heard it put this way. God gave us two eyes, two ears, one mouth. That means we're supposed to observe and listen twice as much as we speak. Makes sense to me. How much of my words have been useless? And if I'm going to speak, am I speaking life? The Bible says there's life and death in the tongue. Am I speaking death or life over a situation? Am I speaking death or life over my family? Am I speaking death or life over my marriage? Am I speaking death or life over me, over my body? You know, I've had somebody come up and say, uh, say, Pastor, I need you to pray over my bad eyes. No, don't say that. Just tell me to pray over your eyes. Don't name them. Don't speak that out. It's, it's powerful. Words create. You need to learn to pray for you. You need to learn to start speaking some life over your body. Say, well, my body's been aching. Well, then get up and speak the word. Let, let, let your body know you're blessed. Get up in the morning and say, feet, you're blessed. Ankles, you're blessed. Arches, you're blessed. Knees, you're blessed. Back your blood. What, what is it that is ailing you? Start speaking the word of God. We're here in a few moments. We're going to take communion. It's, it's a meal that causes us to remember what he did for us on the cross. What he did for us on the cross wasn't just to take our, infer, our, our sins, but he took our infirmities as well. That means everything that can ail us, he took. He paid the price for I'm going to speak it over myself. I'm speaking health and healing over this entire congregation. Say, well, you don't know what's going on in my life. You don't know how bad of a week. No, I probably don't. But I'm still going to speak what God says because I trust his word over what kind of week you've had. I trust his word over the situation. Hey, we can all roll out a scroll of what went wrong in 2022. We've all had a mess in 2022, but also we've had some incredible things take place. God, this year, God had me start writing down once again. He, he, he had me do it again. I did it the other year. Every morning I get up, make a list of 10 things that I'm so grateful and thankful, 10 ways that he has blessed me. And I speak them out. 
so that I can hear them because words create. 2023, as of this morning, there's 80 things I've been able to give God praise for. Eight days, there's been 80 things. That's not a bad year. Eight days into it, man, God's already given me eight presents, right? Now, have there been challenges? Have there been frustrations? Yeah, already. Eight days, yeah, there's going to be something, you know, some, someone's going to act a fool at some point, right? But man, it just doesn't seem to impact me as much. Why? Because I'm speaking out as goodness. And words create. They're, they have intention. And God said, look, my, when I speak my word, it's not going to come back void. It's, gonna, it's actually going to accomplish what I speak for it to accomplish. And if I'm made in the image of God and I am to be an imitator of God, then therefore I can speak a word and make sure it is not idle. Make sure it is a productive word. And it will not return to me void and empty and useless, but it will return with what is accomplished. Amen. Over the coming weeks, we're going to talk about what is it that we say? What are things to say? What is it? Uh, what is my mindset? And what happens if I'm speaking the word of God and I don't see anything happening in my life? We're going to talk about that. There's, there's a powerful principle the Lord showed me that I'd never seen. All these years I've studied the word of God, I'd never seen it until just the other day. Uh, when, when Jesus spoke to the fig tree, there's, there's some incredible principles there. One more verse, and then we're going to do uh, communion. Psalm 141.3, I'm going to read from the Amplified and the NLT because I love the way they both word it. Set a guard, O Lord, before my, my mouth. This is my challenge. Pray this this week. Set a guard, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep watch at the door of my lips. I love how the NLT says it. Take control of what I say, O Lord, and guard my lips. Just because we have some thoughts doesn't mean we need to say it, right? (laughs) Thoughts are thoughts. Thoughts are like radio waves. They come and go. But just because you think it doesn't mean you need to speak it. Why? Because words create. The Bible, you know, how is it that we... How was it that we, we received Christ? We believed in our heart that he is Lord. We confessed with our mouth that God raised him from the dead. So we believed and confessed. The Bible goes on to say, just as you have received Christ, walk in it. In other words, live that way. Live what way? To believe in your heart and to confess with your mouth. What are you confessing over your life this year? What have you already been speaking over your family my longtime mentor would always tell me, David, you've got two buckets, one in each hand. And everybody that shows up in ministry comes your way, typically is going to be on fire in some way. One bucket has gasoline, one has water. Which bucket are you going to pour on them? In other words, what are you going to say to them? And what spirit and attitude are you going to have when you deal with people in situations? This week, before you speak, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Observe the situation, and before you open your mouth, pray, Lord, am I pouring water or gas on this? And then ask the Holy Spirit, because he'll listen. He'll help you. That's why he filled you with the Holy Spirit, is to be your help, your paraclete, one who comes beside, the Bible says. So, Holy Spirit, guard my mouth. 
Let me only say what you would have me say. And he will give you the words, I promise you. It's nothing cosmic. It's nothing mystic. It's just truth. It's the way the Bible says it.